Subscribe for endless horror stories and a chance to win a $20 Amazon gift card at the end of every month. All you have to do is stay subscribed and comment on the video in the card at the top. You think being surrounded by hormonal teenagers is the worst it could get. This world is a strange one. The high school horror stories are back. Kids simply can't leave one another alone, or maybe schools are just crazy haunted. Either way, it's a place that's hard to miss. If you're in high school, most people are depressed or terrified. When it's not bullies and tests to study for, it's possible murderers, evil spirits, and breaking in beasts. So close your textbooks, they'll make the perfect weapon. You'll need them after these five allegedly true high school scary stories. Enjoy. But first, would you be my Valentine? I only bite a little bit. Valentine's Day is fast approaching, and I'm oh so very excited to share some creepy Valentine's Day stories with you. So if you want your story in a video, and you've got a Valentine's Day related story, send it to me soon at darknessprevails.org. Now let's run along. We don't want to be late for our classes. Number one, my last girlfriend died. Submitted by Mary. When I was a freshman in high school, I experienced something that will make my first high school year unforgettable. There was this football player named Nick, and trust me when I say, he was every girl's dream guy. I mean, he was six foot one, smart, strong, and gorgeous. His eyes were a very beautiful blue. A guy like that, you'd think he'd be really popular, and in some ways, he was. But he just hated the idea of being around other people. And unlike any other guy, he never partied or did anything fun. To be honest, he seemed kind of boring. The creepiness all started when I was waiting for a guy friend to finish with his football practice. Two other girls were sitting there with me waiting for my friend Scott. Nick and two other guys walked over to us. The guys he was with were holding back their laughs. Hi, Mary, Nick said in a really creepy but deep voice. He was a senior and I was a freshman, so I was very confused as to how he knew my name. My 15-year-old self was a very, very rude person, and as the rude person I was, I simply ignored him. One of the guys spoke up and said, Would you ladies like to go to the prom with us? They laughed out loud and walked away. At this point, I thought they were all on something, but I shook it off. I just said to myself that high school boys are dumb. Finally, Scott came by and my two friends who were waiting with me left. Now, Scott had to leave really quick to change, so I went and started talking to the coach. At the same time, Nick was done changing himself and he was on the field now staring at me and the coach. He approached us and started to talk to the coach as well about missing a game or something like that. So I simply excused myself from the conversation. Later on that day, when I was at the mall with Scott, I asked him about Nick and he told me Nick was a very nice guy, but he had a thing for younger women. Now I was dying of happiness because Nick was amazing looking and he did sort of acknowledge my existence before. I just couldn't tell if they were joking or not but now I knew he wasn't. Days passed and homecoming was in a few weeks. I wasn't even planning on going at first, but everything changed when Nick asked me during lunch. It was like a dream come true to me. 
Nick and I talked for a while about where to meet and when he's going to pick me up, all that stuff. Not soon enough, homecoming finally came around and it was very fun. The downside was the seniors decided to prank the younger kids, so without us knowing, they put alcohol in the drinks. Later, the party was over and Nick was supposed to drive me home to my best friend's house because I was going to sleep over, but instead he parked at the beach now at first I didn't mind, the scene was very romantic, until he said, my last girlfriend died. Now I got very uncomfortable right away, and the topic seemed to just get weirder as we talked. Honestly, I thought he was playing a joke on me, but he was starting to push his body against mine, which made me angry, and his arms were rubbing my feet and slowly moving into bad places. I was only 15 years old, and he was acting like he was in heat. I told him my best friend's mom was asking about where I was, which caused him to get a little irritated, but he drove me to her house anyways. It was a relief. We ended the night with a simple kiss, which made him less angry, but I was very much freaked out. I told my best friend about it, and she said he probably just had too many drinks. I woke up the next day to 10 missing calls from Scott. I was so confused. Why had he called me like that? What did he want? I called him back right away, and he said very frantically that I shouldn't have left with Nick. I asked why. He explained to me, during Nick's freshman year of high school, the same thing happened. Nick had one too many, and he ended up causing his girlfriend's death. Nobody knew exactly how, I mean, he was there in the school with us, so he was never arrested, but somehow that made it all the more terrifying. After I told Nick what I heard, I saw him outside of my best friend's house, staring down at him through the window. I was so done with Nick, but I guess that was the end of it. He started to act like he didn't know me and like nothing happened that night. High school ended and he was out, but I did receive one last text from Nick, it read, You reminded me of her in so many ways. You looked like her. Your kiss felt like hers, and so did your touch. I'm glad we didn't do anything that night, because that's how she died. I'm 21 now, and thinking about it, I could have lost my life that night. I still get chills when I wonder what was going through his mind at that moment. When I think about how he might have killed his girlfriend. Number two, two schools, four ghosts. Submitted by Dark Maid 96. So these experiences happened at two separate schools. I myself am from Roswell, New Mexico, and I know what you're thinking right away, Area 51 and aliens. The answer is no to both. Besides, Area 51 is in Nevada. Truth be told, Roswell is actually a really small city in New Mexico. The first school, my middle school, was literally right behind my house, and I mean that as in our back fence meets up with the track. It's a fairly small middle school. I was in the eighth grade, so I was around 13 at the time. I was sitting in my tutorial math class because I failed that portion of the standardized test the year before. 
with three other people at my table. Let's call them Mike, John, and Crystal. We were just sitting there at the table, talking amongst ourselves and working on our worksheets. Our teacher had stepped out of the room for something and closed the door behind him. In any school in that town, the doors to the classrooms lock on the outside, so no one could get in unless someone inside opens the door or they have a key. So the teacher, let's call him Coach A, he was the football coach, was out of the room, leaving the assistant teacher, Miss Perez, in charge. And literally out of nowhere, we hear a knock at the door. Just as anyone would, the teacher goes and answers it, but no one is there. Where that classroom was, no one could have run away that fast, but she shrugged it off and closed the door. A few moments later, we hear it again. So again, she gets up and opens the door, only to have the door yanked open from her hands. She manages to get it closed, only to have it swing open again. She tries and tries to pull it close to no avail. Then Mike, who I mentioned earlier, gets up and tries to pull it closed himself, and he simply can't. He says something very creepy, something around, something keeps pulling on the door. But there's no one there. So, Crystal and John and I go over and help Mike pull it closed. I'm not sure what happened that day. I still wonder what could have been pulling on that door. Fast forward to my freshman year of high school. I was in PE class. I was having issues with my knee. My friend, let's call her Alice, was in a boot, you know, for like a sprained or broken ankle. So the two of us being injured, the coach made us walk laps around the gym and sit down if we needed to rest. We were walking laps by the east corner of the top south balcony of the bleachers. After several laps, we got an uneasy feeling. It was an intense sensation of someone's eyes on us. Now, where we were, there were pictures of the varsity basketball teams on the walls, and this is where it gets weird. We noticed the eyes on various pictures, one at a time, would follow us. And I'm not talking about the illusion of a painting's eyes looking at you, these eyes were rolling and pointing at us. The moment we looked away from being creeped out from these pictures, we noticed a dark figure on the balcony with us. Immediately, we jumped and the thing simply vanished. It was a surprising and terrifying moment, but it happened so fast. Personally, I believe it's the ghost of a student who was killed there. Story goes back in 1991, two men dressed in police uniforms came into the school asking for this kid who happened to be on the basketball team. They pulled him out of the school and proceeded to kill him. Now he haunts the place. This last story comes from my sophomore year of high school. I was in the band. I was a flute player and I sat in the front row right in front of the band director. Before I really get into this one, let me explain how the band hall is set up. It's a building separate from the school. There is the main practice room with two doors leading outside, one toward the main part of the school and the other to the practice field. Again, these are the same types of doors that open outwards and are locked from the inside. Then there are these two large wooden doors leading down a short hall of double outside doors that face the portable buildings. The instrument storage room had a door leading into the hallway and to the practice room then there's the office right across and various other rooms, including two uniform closets and the music library. Now, at the time, all the doors leading outside were closed and the band director closed the double wooden doors and the door to the instrument room 
He pulled up a piece of sheet music that was an original. There was no other copy to it. The thing was torn up and crinkled. He was explaining to us that that piece was for trumpets or trombones. I can't remember which exactly. When all of a sudden, all the doors in the place open with huge force, more force than I'd ever seen. And again, these doors are locked on the outside. It can only be opened from the inside or by someone who has a key. It felt extremely cold and windy inside the room. Yet, there was no wind outside, and by any means, it would not have been able to blow the doors open like that. It was simply impossible. One door slammed shut, and I felt something like someone slapping my shin, then grabbing my leg and attempting to pull on me, and then it let go, and as soon as it did, another door was forced open again, and as quickly as it began, everything just stopped, and calmly, the doors closed. We all sat there in silence, looking around. After a while, the band director finally said, Man, I love it when George does that. It really freaks you out, doesn't it? George, you see, is the band hall's resident ghost. He's supposed to be friendly, but likes to mess with people. But friendly is the last thing I felt from this presence. George is just a name we gave him. One day later that year, we found a newspaper article about a guy who had attended the school back in the day. He was a very passionate and talented band member. He graduated and went to Texas Tech, where he was also in band. Unfortunately, he contracted tuberculosis and died. We like to think that it's his ghost, and that wasn't the only experience with him, but definitely the scariest and most surprising. I am 20 now, graduated in 2014, and I'm in the military. And thinking about these experiences, sometimes I miss being in school and sometimes I don't. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer, Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number three, 
Intergenerational Horror, submitted by Ebony. When I was in high school, there was a class you could take that was connected to local history. I'm Canadian, but I'm from the smallest province in Canada, so we don't get mentioned a lot in your usual Canadian history courses, so I thought it would be a really cool class to take. Our teacher was all right, a bit of a new age nut, but she gave good grades and it was a pretty good blow off class. You took it to get your marks up. Anyway, as part of the class, you had to do these little projects related to local history throughout the year. One of which was to tell ghost stories and legends we had picked up and share them with the class on Halloween. I'm a writer and really into all that horror stuff. So everyone expected me to do this assignment really well, which really did put some pressure on me. I gathered a bunch of different ghost stories, not knowing which would be better, and I hoped for the best. Come Halloween, we left our regular class and went to the auditorium across the hall. This teacher really sold the Halloween thing. She turned off all the lights except for a flashlight and handed it to me to get the ball rolling. To start off, I told a short and common one about a local pirate myth. Once I was done, I handed it over to the girl sitting next to me. The period went by rather quickly. A group of girls talked about how a friend's house was definitely haunted. Our school president did the myth of the infamous dead man's pond, and someone brought up the ghost ship. Soon the flashlight came to me again. Since everyone else had talked about what I had planned to speak about, I was at a loss. That is, until I remembered a story my mother told me when I was little. Downtown across from our most popular venue where our hockey team played, we have the local carnival every year. There was this old brick building. It was huge and majestic, like something out of a movie. When I was little, I loved how it looked, and I told my mother one day as we drove by I was going to live there when I was older. She went pale, pulled over into a street, stopped the car and told me that I didn't want to do that. She was quite visibly shaken, something that was rare for me to see. So I asked why not. I was not expecting her answer. I knew my mother had a poor upbringing. After her parents divorced, she moved around a lot. Her dad had money and a nice house, but since he and her mother were still friends and wanted equal time with the children, she couldn't just live with him permanently. Her mother, my grandmother, was a nurse that didn't make much money at the time. It was the late 70s, early 80s, you know? So she moved around a lot. Around the time of this story, they had just moved into an apartment building next door to the building I mentioned. It wasn't anything new, my mom stated, a normal apartment, until she went to bed. That night, she shared a room with a couple of her siblings. Her bed was near the window, and she could see out into the courtyard in front of the building. One of her brothers, of whom she had a difficult relationship with, told her stories about the building next door, that it was once a hospital, then an old folks home, and now apartments. So a lot of people died there, and now it was crawling with ghosts. My mother, being a rational person even in youth, did not believe him, and they went to bed. A couple of hours later, my mother told me she woke up. She said that there was this blue light shining into her room from the window. It was coming from outside. They were high up, not on the ground floor, and she did not know what it could have been. So she rolled over and looked out of the window and saw a couple of people standing there around in the courtyard below. She told me that they were all light blue and glowing, almost translucent. She sat there in her bed, looking at them, and then one, a woman, turned her head and looked up at her. My mother recalls yelping and diving under her covers, only to look up a minute or so later. 
The strange people weren't outside anymore. She was relieved only for a few moments when she noticed a light blue glow coming from behind her and illuminating her own shadow. She spun around and there was the woman who she had just locked eyes with floating an inch above the ground in her room. According to my mother, she couldn't speak. Any chance at getting words out died in her throat and she didn't know what to do as the woman slowly moved closer to her bed. Had her brother, the very one who had been teasing her about the haunted apartments, not woken up from the strange new lights in the middle of their room and screamed upon seeing the ghost, she to this day does not know what would have happened next. Her brother rushed to turn on the lights, the woman vanished, and their mother, my grandmother, ran in a couple of moments later. They moved only a few days later, but my mother and her siblings stayed with their dad until then. They simply refused to live in that apartment. After I told this story to the class, the room went dead silent. No one had apparently heard this story before. Slowly, a girl I had known briefly from my job at the time, let's call her Tara, reached across the circle we were sitting in to take the flashlight from me. I didn't know this at the time, Tara started to say, that the building was once a hospital, but something strange happened to me a few months ago when I was staying with my sister. She and her boyfriend lived in an apartment in that building. Tara explained that one night she had come in late to her sister's apartment. The door to the bedroom was closed, but the door was locked so Tara assumed that her sister and her boyfriend were still out. Tara went and sprawled out face down on the couch and began to doze off. Then the front door creaked open. She woke up completely and assumed it was her sister or her boyfriend, so Tara didn't look up. The door continued to creak, then creaked back shut. Someone passed her on the couch and went into the kitchen area. She could hear the cupboard doors being opened and closed, along with the fridge, and then complete silence. Several seconds later, the door to the apartment opened again, just as Tara dozed off again. The next morning, Tara was woke up by her sister, angrily shaking her shoulder. The teacher asked why she thought it would be a good idea to leave the front door wide open and what she had been doing in the kitchen. Tara, still sleepy and adjusting, sat up and looked around. Sure enough, the front door was wide open, along with all the cupboards in the fridge. Tara exclaimed that she hadn't done this. She said that she thought it had been her sister and her boyfriend. They explained that they had been in the bedroom since dinner time, working on some projects for university, and so they thought it had been her. Tara finished up her story by explaining that it couldn't have been some burglar because nothing had been taken and she had locked the door behind her. She locked eyes with me, explaining that she had no idea what could have happened that night until I finished punching in the holes. That was a very weird day at school. It was like a horrific high school epiphany for the two of us, and I wish the story ended there, but there was one more disturbing twist. I was scheduled to work that night after school, and I came into the restaurant still thinking about what Tara had said. One of my managers, Anne, she asked why I looked so out of it. I told her about what Tara said, and I watched as the color drained from her face. She explained that a couple of nights ago, her sister and her daughter had moved into one of the apartments in the old brick building. She helped them move in, but found something off about the place. Her fears were proven correct. When she got a late call that night from her sister, she was hysterical and screaming and claiming that something wasn't right. Anne drove to the apartment, 
found her sister and niece sitting outside in their pajamas. She took them back to her house for the night. Her sister never fully explained what had happened the first night, but she didn't go back until the next morning, and that was just to gather their things and tell their landlord that they were leaving. I wish I could say I was brave enough to go and explore the building for myself, but I gathered a group of friends headed in with cameras and experienced the encounters firsthand, but I didn't. As much as I love the supernatural, I'm a coward and prefer hearing about it than experiencing it. I'm not sure in depth everything that has gone in in that building, and it's difficult to do research on it. All I can say is that three people I know have had experiences there, three people who are known to be incredibly trustworthy and rational. So I believe them when they say that something isn't right in that old building, the place that quickly became my high school's local haunted location. Number four, The Black Creature. Submitted by Kyle R.J. This happened on a very long day at high school with me and my two friends, Jeff and Dick. We were going about our boring school life. We were grade nines. The teacher told us that there would be a Halloween party that evening. We were to bring money for the tickets and our parents if we wanted to. It was about two weeks away at that time and I really looked forward to it. The day came and me and my two friends went and of course not very many people brought their parents. So the party was going. At one point I needed to go to the bathroom. I had been drinking soda and a lot of punch. So I asked to go to the bathroom. The party was centralized to one part of the school and the rest was cut off. They really didn't want kids wandering around but I got permission to go to the bathroom upstairs. It was the closest one after all. When I went up there, there was nobody around. I was alone on the upstairs floor. Now, honestly, it was very creepy up there, very dark. I remember telling myself that I'd do my business quickly and leave. The whole place was eerily silent, despite the booming party downstairs. It's like the noise died before it could get up here. Before I could try to convince myself to hold it in, I remembered what my friend Dick would always tell us. Whenever any of us were being a bit cowardly, he would always say, be a man or man up. So I took a deep breath and I walked toward the bathroom, down the creepy dark hallway upstairs alone. And the moment I heard that growling, part of me died inside. It was like a sound straight from a horror movie and it came at the worst possible moment. The noise came from one of the empty classrooms upstairs, but it was down the hall. I just froze in terror. It didn't really sound like a dog, but if it was a dog, it must have been big. I was already at the bathroom door and about to go in, and I was hoping that someone just left a TV on or something like that. With all these Halloween specials playing this time of year, any of those noises would be normal. But then I saw something move down the hallway. It was too dark to see more than a silhouette, but whatever the thing was, it was coming towards me. I ran into the bathroom and shut the door. I immediately ran to the furthest stall away from the door. I sat on the toilet, just waiting. But then I realized that I had just done something stupid. By running into the bathroom, I had just cornered myself. So I kept hoping that whatever that was wouldn't open the door, or maybe I had just been seeing things. I was waiting there for a while, and I wanted that thing to be gone the moment I opened the door. And as the fear began to subside, my need to use the bathroom came back too, but I simply didn't have the courage to do anything. 
especially when I heard the door open before I could even think that it was another student. I heard that growling again, the very same growl now reverberating in the tiled bathroom. Almost by instinct, I pulled my legs up so that nothing and no one could see me under the stall. Whoever or whatever it was, it was walking back and forth around the stalls, grunting. I put my head down slowly to see what was going on, and I saw four black hairy feet pacing back and forth. I had never been more scared in my life, and never once did I pray more that I was hoping I was being pranked. At this point, I hadn't done anything except for shake and sweat. It felt like we were in that bathroom for a lifetime, but eventually the thing began to exit. Gathering any and all courage I had, I poked my head out of the bathroom door, and the black creature was gone. But I made sure to look around better than that, and that's when I saw that thing crawling out of a window above one of the sinks. Now I was sure that this was not someone pranking me. I had never seen this black kind of creature before. Before it was all the way outside, I ran downstairs with everyone else, and my dad said, what are you doing? What took you so long? And I tried to play it off, because I had no idea what I'd tell anyone. And if I did, imagine how crazy I would sound. They would simply think what I thought. Some prankster had gotten to me, so I kept it as my little secret, but I don't know what that thing was. This black four-legged creature covered in fur that was much larger than a dog. I wonder how it got in the school, or maybe it came in the same way it got out. But from now on, when I go to the restroom, I'll be bringing someone with me. And number five, The Ranch. Submitted by Some Drummer Boy. It was my junior year of high school in 2010. For a project, I was to be a part of my city's police explorer program. The advisor between the school and the program had planned a trip to his uncle's ranch in Uvalde, Texas. Everyone else had gone the previous year and were saying how fun it would be. You know, the stereotypical hype. I wasn't as thrilled about it until someone mentioned something about ghosts. I was skeptical about these claims, but my curiosity got the best of me. My friend Nathan was ecstatic about the trip, and so I thought to myself, well, at least I'll have someone to talk to. It was about 11 that night when we arrived, and I began to record with my dad's video camera. We set up our tents and the rest of our provisions. It was like an extra long field trip. While we were setting up, our advisor's uncle had a big fire pit going. My friend Kathy walked towards a trailer and took a picture with a digital camera. She then had a concerned look on her face, so I walked over and asked, what's wrong? She then asked me, does this look like a face to you? I looked at the screen and saw a strange looking face, and this face was looking directly back at us. That's weird. Take another one just to be sure. And she did. When we looked at the screen again, the face was still there, but this time it looked like it was screaming at us. She sped walked back to the others while I stayed behind, trying to figure out what caused that figure to appear. That was weird enough for me, but that wasn't the freakiest part at all. I was walking back towards the group when our advisor's uncle asked if anyone wanted to volunteer to retrieve some lawn chairs that were by an old oak tree down the road. Of course, the group of lazy high schoolers remained silent, like they were too afraid to go out, away from the group. 
Nate and I were the only newbies and we cheerfully volunteered and everyone looked at us like we were crazy. I had my dad's camera in one hand and my flashlight in the other. As we walked down the semi-pitch black road, the tree was a lot farther down the road than I had anticipated, about a quarter mile by my estimation. I let the camera hang down once we reached that tree, which was in an open field to the left of the road. We began to brush off any webs and or brush that may have been on us. I bent down to pick up one of the chairs to bring it back when we heard the laughing of a little girl. Me and Nate snapped to attention and looked at each other. I asked him, Dude, did you hear that? Yeah, and that's why we're getting the hell out of here, he said. We shined our lights up and down the tree to find no one in it. And we looked out into the field as well, and there was no one there. We grabbed the chairs fast, and we began to walk backwards towards the campsite, keeping our eyes on where the noise had come from. When we got back, everyone asked if anything weird had happened, and I said that we heard the laugh of a little girl. Apparently, they just wanted to tease us for being scared in the first place, saying that we had just imagined it. We were all gathered around the fire pit, and my friend Kathy came to us and said that she believed us, because the last time they came, she took a picture of the tree, and there, sitting in one of the branches, was a little girl. There have been other weird happenings during our stay at the ranch, but those were the strangest moments I had. And despite failing to catch anything supernatural on my dad's camera, when I got home, my dad's camera simply stopped working. So maybe I did catch something, and whatever I caught a glimpse of, didn't like that very much. I can all too clearly remember my days in high school. I was that awkward kid who wasn't sure what he was. I played football. I had great grades and played on the quiz bowl team too. Even still, I don't know what I am. It was that imminent fear of life and adulthood back in school that hit you like a truck. That's what made high school so terrifying. But now we know that we have even more to worry about. On campus or not, people and things are out to get us. We are simply prey, no matter how many angsty teenagers are around us. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your Valentine's Day scary story soon at darknessprevails.org. Thanks.